MPH Sports Podcast. Talk sport and property with sports people discussing their careers and how property played a part in it. Cal Ruse, welcome to Talk Sport and Property. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Can I just say publicly a huge thanks for what you did at Derby County for me a couple of weeks ago. So basically to explain to our listeners, MPH Sports were invited to Derby County Football Club to host a, a property workshop for the under 23s. And, and Kel, you not only stayed um, after training to attend the, the workshop, but you, you actually um, stood up in front of the the group and, and shared a personal experience using our service and, and you stress the importance of how property can play a part in their career. What made you stay behind that day? And, and what made you suddenly endorse everything that I, I just said in, in front of the lads? Um, well, it's, it's, it's quite simple. Um, and I think I mentioned it to the lads. Um, I think in any business world is hard to find people that you can trust that you can work with that trying to help you from a genuine point of view so for me that was the main reason i think if you meet people in the investing world football world uh, etc it's very hard to kind of like guide who is who is who you can trust and who and who, and who, who you can't so I think it was important that uh, obviously we have got a good relationship. And I thought if I share that, then uh, the players, if anything, because obviously at the end of the day, it was about the players. Um, they will know that they, they are in good hands. Uh, if they're interested or not, is, is something else. Uh, that's completely up to them. But I thought if, if I show my face, uh, maybe can help them create a little bit more awareness about building something outside of football then uh then uh, I, i'm willing to do that so yeah that was the reason really well thank you mate um i know i called you immediately afterwards but i can assure you it was well received from the boys it was good that they look up to you and they can see a first team player also doing the same thing what we're talking about so thanks again but look i know you're um a fan of the pod um i know you know how this works but just to remind you again kel that we're gonna firstly talk about your career then we're gonna do yep. a quick question fire round we'll try and keep it quick so now you've got a very very busy schedule this afternoon all good and okay. then we're going to talk about my favourite subject, which is property. So, uh, right, let's uh, let's make a start. Um, let's go. Twenty nine years of age, born in the Netherlands, one hundred and fifty one yeah. senior career appearances, seventy three of those in the championship, and sixty six of these are with Derby County. You've also had loan move experiences with Nuneaton, Rotherham, AFC Wimbledon, Bristol Rovers, Port Vale and Plymouth so let me take you back to your youth Kel um back in the Netherlands where did it all start started obviously local uh I think like like anyone does it started local just a kid that loved sports uh, in general really I at the time I remember I played volleyball uh, with my friends I played tennis football and I loved, I, lo- I just love football. So I was always out and about with my friends. Um, that's how it all started. Then a little bit later on, I um, I moved house. So I moved from a village to a city, got into uh, a nice football club there. And basically that was the first opportunity for me to become a goalkeeper. Because beforehand, when I lived in the village, they, um, they wanted me to play me outfield rather than have me in goal. So I was basically not allowed to go and go. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So then I and obviously I loved I loved goalkeeping for whatever weird reason. Uh, I remember playing with my brother in the park, and he used to obviously as brothers do, they stick me in and that, and I loved it. So that's basically how it started, and from then onwards, um, got into some football academies, etc. Yeah. So I want to take you back to two thousand five. Um, so you must have been about. 13 you joined the impressive psv academy um and you were there for six years i think how was that education for you and do you believe that being part of the psv setup has largely contributed towards your success today yeah it uh, it definitely has obviously played a big part i think i was i was a little bit older 
I think I was 14, maybe almost 15, my first year at PSV. I came from, uh, I'm from a, from a city called Nijmegen in the Netherlands. Uh, had trials right, left and centre over the years. But at the end of the day, um, didn't got find good enough in a way. So I was like, okay, cool. I just keep doing what I do. I, I love it regardless. And I played higher and higher level and PSV came in and obviously that was a shock to the system. To be fair, I was, I was like flabbergasted and uh, yeah, gone there to trial for a little bit and then they took me on. And from there, it went really quick. I think the day I went to PSV to the Dutch national team took about four weeks. Uh, so obviously I got to PSV, had the trials for the, for the Dutch national team with the under 15, which you do through a tournament, got straight in the national team. And I was like, wow, this, this is crazy. Two months ago, I was an amateur player. The opportunities at PSV, straight away, you've got the opportunity to trial for the national team. Um, yeah. I mean, you and I met fairly recently. I know we've known each other a while, but, and I know you're, how tall are you? Because you are a very I'm tall. I'm six, six. Yeah, I'm tall. <laughs> how tall were you at, you know, 14, 15, when you were trialling out at PSV and, and also for the for the national team? Is I don't know the exact figures, but I was I was very tall. I was very tall as a kid. It was one of the reasons I was kind of like good at football from a young age because I was just stronger and 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 more powerful. I could strike the ball really hard from a really young age. And I think I've just grown very fast for my whole youth on towards my probably 15, 16. So I think I would probably be like already like a good six, probably six two at that age. So I was I was as a very lanky uh, a long young man uh, that couldn't couldn't really move that well yeah um, <laughs> so it was it was one of them so I, I was very tall but I was far from an end product um, back then I, I struggled with with movement patterns uh, because at the end of the day I grew so fast that it was it was it was difficult in the beginning compared to smaller smaller players that were fast and agile and so I had to work a lot on that. In 2011, you were, I guess, released from PSV. How old were you then? Probably 19, 20, maybe? Um, yeah. So you saw a young man having had six years at one of the best academies possibly in Europe. How did you take that? How did you handle the situation? And, and, and why do you think you were released? I think, well, yeah, I think on paper I was released. Obviously, uh, every story has got more layers. Mm -hmm. But to keep it simple, um, what happened is at PSV, we had a very strong uh, first team with a lot of age difference. So at the time, we had uh, Gomez as first choice, later on moved on to Tottenham. Then we had Casio Ramos, who was, I think, at the time, only 22, uh, maybe, I think, probably 23. He is playing... He was the number two, and then you had the number three, who was a year older than me, and he was going to be the future number one. So although everything went really well, up, to, up till the under-19s, I, I just couldn't find a lot of game time because all the backup keepers were young. So kind of like you had Gomez playing in the first team, you had Kazuramos playing in the reserves, and then you had the other keeper that was actually a first-team keeper playing in the under-19s in my team. So obviously... Come Saturday uh, game time, um, I had to shove over, and, and I, I wasn't I wasn't playing that much. So I I was looking to get on the pitch uh, because if you have a spell off the pitch, uh, even as a kid, you know how fast football moves. Mm -hmm. So I was the big prospect. Uh, I was playing. I was Dutch number one up till on the 18s. Come on the 19s, I wasn't playing. I remember going to the Dutch national team. Dutch national team coach says, listen, I would love to have you, but our policy is that we don't call up players that don't play. And at this moment of time, you don't make enough minutes. So I have to let you go out of the squad. So I kind of like knew I, I, I need to get I need to get games. And at, my, at PSV, at the time, it was going to be very difficult. I requested uh, to leave the club which wasn't easy because obviously it has to do with like finances and etc. I had a good relationship with the technical director 
um, a little bit better than with the head of academy. And he ended up basically overruling the, the head of academy and saying, listen, Kel can move on. There's no point for him to sit in the reserves because I would move on to reserves and basically don't play again. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Let's 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 try something else. And then I tried to find another way. Um, and at that time, I did that by going to Willem Twee. And there, there, then I was a number three in the beginning, uh, one year contract, and just basically hit a hit a bad spell. I had two major injuries that season, so I'm probably only fit for a couple of months. And football, football moves very fast, so then I had to climb back up the ladder. But I stick stick stuck by it and got through it in the end. Um, you came to England in 2013, and you signed for non-league side, non-Eton, where you made an absolute huge impression, attracting admirers far and wide, um, which then enabled you to have further trials um, whilst you were on the signature there for clubs such as Everton and Liverpool. Um, I need to ask you, why non-Eton? And can you share us, you know, with us the, the, the experience you had at the club, uh, plus... How did the other trials go? Yeah, so basically what happened is um, I kind of like hit a brick wall in, in Holland. I was, uh, I just came out my first year as a professional footballer. I was a number three uh, at NEC Nijmegen, my hometown professional team. And basically it, it, it wasn't looking like I was going to play. I was making some games in the reserves, but obviously you want to play first team football. And in Holland at the time it was difficult. There was basically almost only experienced goalkeepers at the time. There was no, not really a lot of space for young goalkeepers. They just had to sit and wait type of thing. And I knew, um, I knew an agent from England from when I was younger, when I was linked to uh, a move to Arsenal when I was around 16. Um, and I, I, I stayed in contact with an agent and I, I, I just picked up the phone and I thought, Listen, it's it's difficult for me to find a place where I can play, um, and that's what I want to do. I had a, had a year of injuries, I had a year where I played, you know, like a little bit more than a handful of games, but not enough to get consistency. And I knew the only way to show people what I can do is games, because at the end of the day, training is nice, but no one cares. That's simple as that. And we went to a couple of trials. And it, it was it was it was difficult to find a team where where I could move in in the right position uh, for me and for the teams, if that makes sense. Because now I was around twenty one, um, basically zero experience. Um, they liked what they seen, but obviously they couldn't throw me in in the deep. So yeah, basically I was I was basically a little bit in between. And then uh, my my agent called me and he was like, "Listen, I've got the needed." Uh, it's a conference and I was like okay you know like, like very honest truth is in Holland you've got the first league then you've got the second league who is already like it's already you know not fully professional professional there is good professionals in that league there's also you know young players trying to make it type of thing so if you look at the goalkeeper department it's quite simple they have a first choice that's a good professional then the second choice is basically based on living expenses, travel expenses, etc. So I was like, okay, conference, interesting. Like, how are you going to see this happen? But to be fair, because I had good feedback in England from, from places I, I, I've been, I was like, you know what? I, I, I do agree with my agent that I think I'm on the edge of, you know, securing a professional contract somewhere. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's just do it. And he was like, yeah, listen. And uh, I think it was... It wasn't until November I went there. So that's pretty late on. I didn't have any other options. So realistically, I wasn't in a driving seat. Uh, so I went to the neat and fully blank about what was going, going on. I went there and it was, it was brilliant. The lads were amazing. Um, really took, took me on. Uh, in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, they were a little bit like, whoa, was this, was this like in their eyes, foreign player coming to our team? Like, what was was the idea here? And but the club had a plan. They wanted to to get me in, uh, invest in me being in England because at the end of the day I had to live somewhere and I had to drive for training. So 
obviously the whole club was very in it. So I remember going to Nuneaton. I had like secretaries picking me up for training and etc. It was it was a lovely little setup. And then it just clicked with with the lads and we got we got results. We got clean sheets and balls start rolling and clubs start calling and it just went mental really. I, like better than I could ever believe. And I was like, uh, I was like, wow, this this is really this this looks like it's working. So bear in mind, I got there in November 2013. And in January, I had like a lot of options on the table. Um, so yeah, I went Derby, I went Ipswich, Bolton, um, Liverpool. Um, and it were all very, very positive uh, trials. Most clubs were interested. Not everybody could get a deal done with Nuneaton because obviously that was the first thing that had to happen. Yeah, so it was it was a it was an amazing experience. So I went to Nuneaton in November, and in January I sat in the in the change room next to Stephen Gerrard um, and Simon Manley, um, which was just crazy. So I was walking through the through the dressing room. Obviously, young Sterling, Sturridge, um, amazing amazing players. So. Brendan Rodgers as the manager, uh, John Actenberg as the goalkeeper coach, who is a Dutch background, so that helped. So the goalkeeper coach at Liverpool for years now, is he's got a Dutch background. He lives in England for years, but he's Dutch. Um, so yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing experience and and super crazy. And I think all, every everyone at Neaton uh, enjoyed it. The players enjoyed it. Like I remember coming back like on a Thursday and I trained in the morning with Liverpool and then going back to the neat and trained with the first thing. Obviously all the lads had all the questions. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. But I ended up going Derby. Um, Eric Steele, obviously, uh, the goalkeeper coach, big legend of the game. Steve McLaren that tried to implement a different style of play at Derby from a little bit more direct to a little bit more uh, playing out from the back. And I think he loved my bravery and the way I want to play out from the back. So, yeah, it felt like the right fit. So that's what I decided to do. Well, yeah. I mean, wow. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, what a, what a memory Liverpool was for you. Um, yeah. And considering, you know, only a couple of months earlier, you, you're chasing around for a club. Next thing you know, you get the opportunity to to showcase your talent and uh, yeah. and the, some of the biggest clubs in the world come, come calling. Um you signed for Derby County uh, January 2014 on a two-and-a-half-year yep. deal uh, for an undisclosed fee. What was it about Derby? You mentioned Steve McLaren. You mentioned the style of football. Was it? What was it that, that really gave you that peace of mind and the confidence to lock yourself into the club for the next two-and-a-half years? The, the, the plan, really. The, the, the long-term plan... That was the main thing I was looking for because at the end of the day, I seen it this black and white. I was like, I was at a great club, a PSV, couldn't get minutes in. Then I went to another club, didn't really play as much as I wanted for injuries. And then all of a sudden you go, right, what, what has worked for me lately? Playing, quite simply. So as, as big as some of the clubs were, Obviously, bear in mind, I'm new to England at this point, so I didn't really understand fully how clubs like Liverpool, Everton work. But obviously, me coming from PSV, one of the biggest academies uh, in Holland and internationally being seen as a very good academy, I was thinking I wanted to get out of the academy football. Um, so I, I, I needed to a plan where I could keep playing because... My memory said I've played two months and now I've got five, six options. So I just need to keep playing. That was the most important thing. Um, and I felt like Derby was was the, the club that was most uh, cutthroat if it comes down to the plan, how we're going to work. Uh, obviously, Eric Steele, if, if there's any goalkeepers or any football people, they will know how big he was. He worked with Edwin van der Sar, David De Gea to Man United, arguably one of the best two goalkeepers of, 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 of Manchester United history. Um, so obviously I was very honoured that he seen potential in me. I wanted to work with me. 
Um, and then yeah, on the other hand, yeah, Steve McLaren, he had a little bit of experience in Holland. He knew me from Holland as well. Um, so I was like, this is, this is great. I was moving into a good first team position, ready to push for minutes. Um, obviously from a non-league, you don't go to a championship club and walk into the team as you expect. So yeah, that was that was the reason I signed for Derby. I felt like, listen, I can learn here. I can um, top up a little bit, uh, get stronger, uh, get bigger, which was important for me. And then that way I can uh, straight away start banging on the door for the first team. And you did get that chance. You know, September, that following season, you made your Derby debut um, against Reading yeah. in the League Cup, yeah. keeping a, a clean sheet. Wouldn't expect yeah. anything, yeah, less there, Cal. Um, <laughs> when, when you join a new club, how important is it to make the right impression and showcase your attitude and your ability to the management and, I guess, your fellow teammates? Um, very important. I think uh, something you can't underestimate is fellow teammates because... If your teammates believe that you're good, then the man- then the managers management will as well, and they will trust you even more. So for younger player, it's it's I think that's one like that's one of the people think oh the manager picks a team and then the goalkeeper coach coaches you and you know but at the end of the day if your teammates um, show in training that they trust you they want to play with you they they are happy to have you in, in that small sided game simple things like that that will show a lot to management so it's it's very important and obviously when you're in that age and you're not where you want to be yet um i think it's also very important that you show you want to work uh because obviously by sitting still uh doing the minimum um well with my talent you're not going to cut it like put it that way um i have an, enough talent that's why i've been in in, in good positions but at the same time something I believed in even more so when I got knocked back is, is, you know, yeah, I need to put the work in, um, on the pitch, off the pitch, uh, you need to make sure that whenever the chance gets presented, that you're ready and that you're prepared and there's no stone unturned. I think it's really important for us to recognize that you are still very, very young at this point of your career. I mean, you're probably sort of 20, 21. Um, you've been signed by, really a sleeping giant in a club like Derby County, you know, huge club, massive infrastructure, um, and clearly had some great management people keen to invest in you for the long-term future. And, and like any sort of young, talented player, you, you need minutes on the pitch, just like you had the opportunity at Nuneaton, and then you were given this window of opportunity where you get to try out for bigger and better clubs. And, and Derby obviously, you know, did the same. They wanted to get you out on the road and, and like I mentioned yeah. earlier, you you had um, you experienced these these loan moves. I mean, you had Rotherham, you had AFC Wimbledon, you had Bristol Rovers, Port Vale, Plymouth. I mean, how important were these moves to you, Kel? And did you have like a a favourite or two with the, a connection with the club or the fans? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It it all they, they were all very good, very good. Looking back. Whether I enjoyed it at the time is something different. Is it because you were frustrated? Or is it the, the travelling, the packing, the, the unknown? No, it's, no? The, un, the unknown was difficult. Okay. The unknown was definitely difficult yeah. um, because simple things is I was renting, then I was moving out again, and I was mm-hmm. renting again. So, like, I, I've i been on contract, at, I think, in the first, first maybe four years, five years at Derby. I have... Moved into six different houses around Derby, apartments, whatever you call them. Um, so that that is that's difficult. But at the same time, uh, I knew what I had to do to get experience to go to the first team. So I was willing to sacrifice that all. And for that reason, it didn't really feel that heavy. Um, but after you've done it and you can settle a little bit more, and obviously I've got the misses and got a little one on the way, it, it just feels so much more relax now to to really focus focus on 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 solely football and training and at that point it was in and out hotels I remember like Wimbledon I stayed in a hotel for like three four months it's not always ideal simply if you look at food for example it's not easy to 
to go out for food healthy and but these things will develop you so that so at the same time all them experience been been in, incredible valuable it's not an easy road to make it to the top well not for me no. <laughs> not for me um i think you know i think if you speak to footballers um i think underneath the surface there's a lot of this mm. um i think for for people that watch this it's very important to realize that every player has setbacks you name him they have setbacks if you will talk to ronaldo tomorrow he will talk about things that you thought wow i didn't i didn't think that he had this big of setbacks funny enough we've actually not- got funny enough we got ronaldo coming on the uh, podcast tomorrow have you have <laughs> yeah, say hi say hi for me he's one of my best oh, dear, yeah yeah <laughs> But you're right, you know, it, you know, you, you do get setbacks, but it's how you react and how you mentally stay strong through those um, difficult times. And and look, you know, it, in January 2019, after all of those moves, five years later, you make your league debut, ironically, against Reading, again, um, under your new manager uh, and my all-time hero, Frank Lampard. That must have been a real special moment, thinking... Yeah. After yeah, all... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, now's my time. Exactly, exactly. And, and it, was, it was because it was, a, it was an interesting period, let's put it that way, because obviously I signed for Derby hoping to go into the first team within... A year, maybe two, depending mm-hmm. on what happens with the first choice. Obviously, the first choice at the time was Lee Grant. He's at United now, and he, he was great. He was a very good he was a very good goalkeeper. So obviously, I was hoping, oh, maybe he moves on, or maybe not, or you know, uh, you're still a backup, so maybe he picks up a, a little injury and he can have a have a time in a game, which is always a very difficult one for a goalkeeper. I just wait on my time, but. The things that have changed within the club, Derby County, is incredible. So it's it's basically grown from like like you said, it's like a sleeping giant. Um, in them years, it turned into a giant. So we had top top goalkeepers. They the sky was the limit at one point, and they didn't need to give chances to younger players at that point. So they would just invest in in solid solid professionals that have proved that they can do it. So that's why I had to find my, another way. And it took me a little bit to be able to compete with these top, top professionals. Uh, players, goalkeepers, name them. They were, there were some big, big players at Derby. So it was difficult to, to get in that team. And then obviously Lampard came in. Um, I remember having a conversation at the beginning of the season. Listen, what, what, what do you think is here for me? Um, I want to fight. I want to be a number one at Derby. Um, he asked me what I wanted, so that I, I said that, and he was like, "Right, I think I think I'm ha- very happy with my first choice at the minute, but I'm also very happy with you. I would love to have you as a number two, and we go from there. And, and from that moment onwards, I, I you know, I, I tried to impress him in training. I think the style of football he he was looking for it suited me, uh, I've, and I think slowly but surely I. I convinced him that I that I that I'm a good player. So it was incredible, special that of all managers I had that he turned around and gone. You know what? I like I like this guy, and I'm going to play him. He not only gave you that opportunity to play, but he also kept faith in you, Cal, for the rest of that season. Um, yeah. And your performances helped the side get to the the playoff final. Cal, what was Frank like as a manager? And I have to ask, how frustrated were you after that playoff final against Aston Villa? Um, well, you can't you can't describe that feeling. I think it's the worst feeling for a player to be to be so close to something so great for the whole football club and and can't quite grasp it. I think that's that's why you know it's 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 difficult as a whole team as a club to come back from those kind of things. Uh, as you have seen in the past, there's not many teams that go play a final and then do it again next year. Brentford did it. Um, listen, that's a, that's that's a very, very, very strong uh, organization to 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 do that. So it, it was devastating. It was devastating, and it's a feeling you can't describe. 
Um, on the other hand, um, I played a good season. I want to push on. I want to like Lampard. Um, unfortunately, left that summer because obviously he done great with us, which obviously changed the picture for me again, uh, which was difficult. But at the same time, you know, I think um, he was he was for to me he was an incredible manager. He was very open. You can have good conversation with him. We we clicked really well. So um, he spoke to me a lot. Number if I was a number one or a number two. I think the communication was was very strong, and it's something you can see on on the current manager Wayne Wayne as well, uh, which I think is, is is vital to keep keep players pushing for places. So yeah, he's definitely been a, a great manager for me, and something uh, something I will never forget. Your contribution towards the club's success at the time rewarded you with a a new three year deal. Would Derby the club you wanted to remain at at the yeah. time? Yeah, definitely, because I had a good connection with the with the manager, with the goalkeeper coach, and I knew football uh, is is quite a fickle world. Um, if you go somewhere else, you have to you have to prove it again. There was some, uh, there was definitely a bit of interest, but I still felt like, like I had unfinished business at Derby. Yeah, you know, some some things you can't foresee, and and Chelsea came in came in for Lampard, and there's obviously something he couldn't turn down. But for me personally, that was that was tough because he was one of the reasons I wanted to stay. And also, on the other hand, one of the other reasons was that I wanted to keep pushing and 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 make this club great. So I felt like I had unfinished business, and I wanted to wanted to keep pushing. As you said, Frank came home to my my Chelsea. Um, Philippe. Koku came in um, and has obviously since been replaced by uh, by Wayne, as you said. Um, would you mind sharing with us what life was like under Philippe and what's now different under Wayne? I don't want to go too deep into detail on that one, if I'm honest. Uh, but it different, call it that way. I think uh, Koku was a little bit more introvert and... Yeah, it was it it was it was difficult sometimes, okay. and obviously on the other hand, Wayne came in and and I think brings a lot of clarity, um, whether you like it or not. Uh, I'm a strong believer that as a well for me personally, I like I like truth. You like it or you don't. That's not up to you as a player. At the end of the day, that's up to the manager. Uh, but I like good communication. Where you know what you what you're gonna get, so you know what you have to give as well, to make your team as a whole more, you know, more productive. Um, so I think that was for me uh, great from the moment that Wayne came in. We spoke a lot, and we spoke a lot, and and he's very open in what he wants, what he needs, what he demands, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And for me, that was. That is something I, I like. That's something I like and I, I will always respect. Do you think that's um, that's quite common for... I look at the, the young British managers in football at the moment. You know, obviously Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney, Scott Parker. Um, they've got so much drive and ambition. Do you think that... Like Steven Gerrard, another one. Um, do you think communication is paramount to really help pull out the confidence and the talent within the player because clearly with someone like you having the opportunity by being spoken to with Frank similarly with with Wayne do you think that's a real keen uh, I think I think for for goalkeepers it is for goalkeepers it is because for for players life is different I think you know if you second right back or third right back or first right back you know what position is there all of us like that is a you, there's a lot more in my eyes that you can do getting the team the opportunities come faster yeah um, they might leave faster as well but the opportunities come faster so I think for for outfielders it's sometimes maybe a little bit less important. I think for goalkeepers it is because you need clarity in your department, um, I think. And um, if, if, the, if, if 
that's not the case, then there is a lot of frustration because mm. you either play or you don't with a goalkeeper. You don't play one game and you do come on or this. That doesn't exist. So if you are not playing for a longer period of time, it's mentally quite difficult to stay on top. Put a little bit of, of, of communication, of of what what you need as a player, etc., will will definitely change that. Um, so I think that for me, that's very important. But that's obviously my opinion. You you know, and you're very open. I mean, we've been we talk regularly, and I love our conversations. You're quite deep, and you, but you're um, you're also incredibly bright and intelligent, and you're you're very motivational. So I enjoy yeah. our conversations, whether it's before training, after training, whatever it's going to be, because obviously we, we do a bit in property, right? And I can imagine yeah. why a player or a manager would want to communicate with you because you're very likable. And I think that would reinstall the faith and the confidence in you as a, as a, as a goalkeeper because you're in a very exposed position. Yeah, yeah. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think the way I work, is I put a lot into my football career, a lot of energy. Um, I don't leave any stone unturned. So I think as a player, the minimal you can ask for is a little bit of communication. What That's what works for me. But at the same time, I do understand managers have 25 players to look after, sometimes 30, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think if you look at, to be very honest, if you look at the top top of the food chain for managers, I think they're all, they're all very clear in their communications. If, if it's Tugel or Klopp or Lampard or Wayne or, you know, if you look at, I think if you look at the bigger managers, they look first and foremost very driven, which obviously will rub off to the players. Um, I think at the end of the day, if they don't leave any stone on turn, you know, as a player, you can't afford to not do that either. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I think little things like that. I think you can see that uh, maybe a little bit different to back in the days. I think the managers coming up and being very successful, you can see that you know they they want to they realize that the whole team needs to be on the same page, and it's not good enough to have four players for straight in the left corner, four four players straight in the right corner and just turn a blind eye until you need them it doesn't really it doesn't really make a great team it's it's short term it might work but i don't think it's going to bring you a lot of success you need 25 players driving each other on and you can't all play that's life yeah so players can accept that i think as long as uh, they feel fairly treated Kel, we can't ignore the press and the recent news about Derby County um, and the recent points being deducted. Yeah. What is the mood in the camp at the minute? I mean, I know a few of the boys there and, and, and yourself and, and how desperate and unified are you all to keep that club in the championship? And I mean, it's a difficult task ahead. I mean, how has the boys reacted to the reduction? Um, you know, we knew there was things coming. So I think as a, as a team, we were, as a team, we were prepared by the management staff, by everything going on around the club, by the, by, by the, the owners. We were prepared for some sort of point deduction. So, but what you're never prepared for is if a club hits administration, people that worked for the club for 20 years get moved on. Obviously, as you've seen, I have been at Derby County now for eight, almost nine years. And it's tough. It's tough to see people that put their livelihoods into the club, um, losing jobs, um, losing their their beloved jobs uh, with all due, due respect. And there are people that live from paycheck to paycheck. That is very difficult. That is, that's very, very difficult. And I think as a team, like how weird that might sound, that motivates us to, to, to make this, to keep this club as much as possible in a healthy position until the storm uh, settles. 
if that makes sense. So, so we are very much as a team motivated to to make everyone that wears a derby derby badge proud, no matter what that might mean. If that makes sense, might that might mean like if we get a points deduction or or not? Like we are motivated to from a week to week basis to perform to the maximum of our ability to give some sort of pride to the to the fans to the to the people behind the scenes um to the kit man that has been there for years uh, you know them kind of thing so i think we as a team are very getting very close uh, in the circumstance in the circumstance and we 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 are doing everything we can in, with the coaching staff to 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 give some sort of you know pride to the club in this difficult time very well said and um i'm probably can say on behalf of every derby county fan we're all behind you um every single saturday now i'm looking at your results thinking come on yeah let's defy all the odds and let's yeah. um and let's do it so um listen mate thank you for being so open, honest, and transparent. That's uh, really good of you. So, right, I'm going to uh, move on to the quick question fire round. Are you, uh, you ready yeah, for me? Yeah, let's go. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. One, the best player at Derby County. Currently. <laughs> Currently. Um, and you know Wayne has retired, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be an easy one. I think he can't go around uh, Phil Jagielka. Massive, massive career. Massive career. What a legend. Can't even stretch it. The other day, <laughs> we were in the dressing room, 700 games. Crazy. Crazy. Really? Incredible career. So, obviously, that is, I think, we've got some very good players, but that, that's the one. What other position do you wish you have played at a professional level and why? Defender, winger, striker, six foot six, bit of crouchy in you? I wouldn't, I wouldn't play on the side. <laughs> not fast <laughs> you know I would quite like 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 I would I would like a little bit of everything if I'm really honest I would I'm not really a midfield kind of guy because it's just too far for my too far for my abilities but like I think center back yeah center back appeals yeah. to me you know yeah. like long like, battle, yeah but battling with strikers um battling with strikers trying to find creative players on the ball. Uh, I think that I would enjoy that. At the same time, you know, as a goalkeeper, you, you, you're just looking at that goal-scoring feeling and that's what you want once. Absolutely. So I think everyone in football wants to play striker. The best goalkeeper you have had the privilege of sharing a pitch with? Oh, that's either De Gea or De Stegen. Played in t- against the Stegen uh, in the national team because he was my age group, uh-huh. um, and I played the Hay in, in a cup game, so it's going to be one of them. Okay, so the next question was the best striker, and you're going to say Neymar. Yeah, wow. yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you how you want to do that because that was under 19 football, Doesn't so that matter. was not a first team game. But doesn't matter. If I count, because obviously at PSV we played a lot of international tournaments. Mm-hmm. We played against great players, great play. I played against Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, um, great, great players. But I think I got to pick Neymar because that was just one thing he did that day that was just mind blowing. <laughs> okay, I really, I've been excited to ask this question all day. Frank Lampard or Wayne Rooney? In a penalty shootout against you, who wins? Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on. I am. <laughs> no Clean sitting on the sheet. fence. Clean sheet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staying on the fence for that one. Listen, I, co- I couldn't call that. I could not call that. I could not call that. Did both coaches, as in Wayne and Frank, I mean, clearly they've sort of this massive appetite for football, both yeah. unbelievable penalty takers. Um, I mean, do they, do you see, are they often going, Kel, come on, me and you, after training? Yeah, they do. I'm going to work on my pens. They do because they love football. So like yeah. when they see a ball, they can't stop hitting it. And obviously as a goalkeeper, you're on goal. So like they will hit free kicks, they will hit penalties, they will basically hit, if they can, they will, because they are, 
you know, I think what them type of big players have in common is they love it. They love it. They're driven and they love it. Them two things. To like a degree that I think most players, people don't understand. So are are you honestly not going to give me an answer? No, no chance. (laughs) So I mean... Next one. one. (laughs) Okay. The one thing you have to compromise to make it to the top. And that's so boring in comparison to the last one. Come on, what's the one thing? It depends how deep you want to go. The one thing you have to sacrifice that I have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like something that's in my life now and I have to sacrifice. Yeah. To make it to the top. To make it to the top. For my lifestyle now. Not so, I don't, that's hard. Because I'm, I like to think I'm, I'm, I'm up there looking after my body, looking after my mind. But the thing I need to sacrifice, you know, because I live in England, I feel like the sacrifice for me is always missing big moments back with the family. Yeah. That's, that's one big sacrifice marriages um friends getting married newborn babies very very um, good answer that is a big big sacrifice i i have to do and covid is not helping either no so um yeah that, i go for that your career favorite moment your career yeah. favorite moment We're winning winning a playoff final with afc wimbledon yeah, that's like my adult one, and my kids one is making my debut for the Dutch national team. Amazing! As a for for the youth team. Was that the moment? Um, the the final with uh, Darius and um, Lyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Um, he said the same thing. I'm pretty sure he did. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, back. Yeah, yeah, it was a good day. Um, yeah. The fate your favorite ground that you have played at. Oh, that's difficult. Old Trafford, I would say. Never played at Anfield, so it's got to be on. That's it's got to be, it's got to be, Old Trafford. Yeah, that's a cool stadium. Right, yeah. two more. Saving a penalty or keeping a clean sheet. Keeping a clean sheet. And lastly, before we start to come now, wait. Talk- save no. the penalty, catch the penalty, give an assist, and get a clean sheet. Ooh. Done. And lastly, <laughs> how many properties are we buying in twenty twenty two? You'd have a look at the missus for that one. <laughs> um, On that note, let's come back and talk property. Talk Sport and Property Podcast, sponsored by MPH Sports Property Academy. Download the app today from the App Store or Google Play by typing in MPH Sports, the trusted go-to app for sports people looking to buy or learn about property. Cal, welcome back. I mentioned earlier that we only met fairly recently when Simon Ord asked me to come in and do a talk with the under-23s. Um, it was so good to see you and a few of the other boys again. Um, but we have met virtually many a time, like we are today, doing this uh, podcast through Zoom, um, yeah. because Curtis asked me to do a, a workshop during the first lockdown. I mean, yeah. ever since then... You've been, you know, so supportive and you've recommended me to other colleagues and teammates. In your opinion, why is getting property right so important to young players? Um, I think because obviously your cash flow is higher than higher than your than people your same age. So I think you need to understand that if you are 21 and you are on your first pro deal and you think you might only earn a thousand pound a week that's a lot of money Mm. and no one else on your age earns that so you need to understand i think it's very important for for young players that they need to understand that they need to invest in the future if that's going to be property or someone else or whatever they are affiliated with feel affiliated with that they enjoy doing, that they would like to develop themselves in. I think that's that's the main thing. And 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 I think in the football world, in most, in, if you talk about players, um, whether you are sixteen or you are twenty five, you're very likely earning more than people your same age. Mm. Uh, your friends from school, etc. Call them out. 
So I think it's important that instead of thinking, right, this is what I have and I'm going to use it and I'm going to buy a new car, although my insurance is going to be skyrocketing, that they have, that they create a feeling of why, like why, what else could I do? Because maybe at that point, they don't think there's anything else to do with it. But yeah, I like, I like investing a lot. And why that is, is because first and foremost, it educates me every day. I think it's more, one of the most important things, talking to you, talking to people that in, in, in investment, uh, property developers, you know, I think all these things that I like, I enjoy learning them things. Uh, more than anything um so yeah that's why i enjoy it and i think it's important to look at the future because you know we all know the stories when players going bankrupt and i'm not saying that it's their fault or nothing like that i just think it's good to get dapped in what else you could do mm. i know you've got a passion for property you were very clear about that at the time when we when we first started talking but I want to take you back to when you bought your first property when did you buy your first flat or your first house and, and where was it yeah that's a that's a very good question but my first house my first house I bought two years ago so that's very recent wow that's very very recent but I because you know, in the beginning, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Um, I like I'm safe. Wow. I like to I like to call myself safe. Even more so before I knew about investing, I was like I don't trust this person and that one, and you know I don't know enough myself to kind of like check if they know what they're doing, if that makes sense. And that's I think that's an important thing. I think a lot of people will turn down opportunity because they just think. Well, he can say what he wants because I don't know. So that that was something that was hard to break through. And for me, for example, when I went to Derby, uh, and because I was very late, um, I was out, I was like a couple of years behind in my career. Like you said earlier, I'm, I'm relatively young in my career. And I was in Derby and I was moving in and moving out and et cetera. I didn't really feel settled. I had this thing in my head where I thought my first house needs to be very nice. Where I should, like looking back on it, I should have just bought my first apartment I rented. Beautiful apartment. I think at the time it was, it was probably like 140 grand. I think now it's like 190, 200. Uh, I should have bought that or something similar um, and just go from there. But I rented with someone else. So my cost was low anyway. So in that way, in that sense, it wasn't the end of the world, but until I took on a, a financial advisor in about two years ago, I knew I had to do things different. That before that time, I just had my pension and had my salary in my bank account. Basically, that was it. But now I'm 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 doing it all different. So I've now I'm houses and Bitcoin and um, stocks and shares, um, pensions. So now, like watches, um, all sorts, even, I guess, even looking into art. I guess back then your primary focus was football. You were you were club jumping. Yeah, and I, yeah. and yeah. I felt like I think one of the main things was I felt like I still had to to like start in a way because I was on loan a lot, and I was I, I still felt like my career wasn't quite started yet. So why would I start thinking of like other things than just solely football? And I, I like I live and breathe football. It was very hard for me to learn. I I needed to learn that football is not twenty four seven because if you do it twenty four seven, it's very tiring and you can't enjoy it as much as you should. So I I've got a way more way better balance of football and life if that makes sense and before uh i felt like it was just solely football it was just it was just football 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 if i have to move i move if i have to do this i do that and i, I still do but i like it makes me makes me mentally better on the pitch if i am not overthinking it but when i'm 
just doing the work that I need to do, as in training. I do my yoga, my gym work. Um, so I still do a lot. But for me, it was very important to find hobbies off the pitch, which I didn't really have. I don't play PlayStation. I, I, I didn't really have hobbies. Um, I was like, PlayStation, I, I can practice on my left on my left foot. That's a waste of time. <laughs> um, so that was the way I worked. And I think it got me very tense at times. Uh, I need more, I want more. And so I was just solely in that tunnel. And, that, and that, that I think that's changed a little bit when I matured and when I settled. Well, I think over these last two years, you have played catch up. You know, you've become more mature and your, 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 your football is, um, I wouldn't say that's sorted, but, you know, you're, you've, you've been given an opportunity as a first team goalkeeper, which you've grabbed with both hands and, 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 and therefore yeah. you've, you can probably, it probably allows you to now focus on other things at the same time. And, and you're in a good place right now. And I guess that property has now played a, a part in your career over the past two years um i mean you and i have i mean have we, have we bought three two three yeah. four yeah we bought three and we're doing we're, the fourth now and we're doing the fourth now so how many do you have in total if we so i've got three more okay okay so, so you've got you've got six i've got my own house yeah yeah so, so i got my own house uh-huh then i got three with me uh, with you and a fourth coming uh-huh and I've got two other apartments. Okay. And where are the two other apartments? Nottingham. Okay. And how are they performing Nottingham. for you? Good. Very good. They um, they um, they are a bit a bit different different because they are more I bought them more for the market growth rather than um, the yields. Mm -hmm. I think everybody watching this knows that, but what that means now, and if not, he will explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I bought that a bit more more based on that. And to be fair, what happened is is, and I think that's something that's very important. When I start started with you, I didn't know anything. I just knew that you was gonna find me a nice house, and you know, and I was like, you show me picture. I go, yeah, it looks nice, you know. So I didn't have a lot of knowledge, and I thought it was gonna be a lot of work, you know, if I'm really honest. But then obviously I got into it and I got one, and I'm thinking, oh, nice and. I would like to do something else. And, and all of a sudden, the ball, the ball started rolling. I've got one of my good friends is a, is a mortgage broker. So he helps me with it. And then I got introduced to the to like property developers and then you can get in quite early. And then, you know, you're buying uh, at good value. And, you know, so when I started with you, um, because like, I think the credits to you and the company are, that you guys are actually helping you educate as well, which then means that you can do things like that and learn yourself if, if that's what you want. If you don't, that's fine, uh, but that's what you can do. So um, yeah, these two apartments are like uh, quite high standard. They bring in a lot of rent, the mortgage is a little bit higher, et cetera. So it's, um, it's, it's a different type of investing, but I think it makes my portfolio more all round in a way. I think it's important to, to diversify and thank you for your, um, your very nice comments there. But you are a, you are a privilege to represent now. You're very easy to work for because you are enthusiastic. You're very responsive. You're keen to learn. You always ask questions. Therefore, we're always passing more information onto you, which allows you to explore other opportunities away from us. But the reason why we teach it is not for necessarily people to come and buy through MPH Sports. It's about providing people with the information and education and to avoid mistakes and, and to make the right decisions in the future whenever they decide to buy. I mean, was, do you think property was always going to be part of your plans at some point? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I always believed in it. I always believed in the structure of how you can make it work for you. Um, I also believe strongly in passive income. Um, and this is what I'm trying to create for myself now. I'm trying to create um, during my career um, a way that after football, 
uh, I can live in a house with wife and children, hopefully, um, that can, that I, that I have the freedom to do what I like to do. If that, what if, if so let's say I, I would love to work at Starbucks, let's say, right? I can do that. I can do the, the job I love after football uh, because I'm not a sit at home guy. Um, I, will, I, I don't think I would do that. But um, I could work at Starbucks, earn whatever money comes with that, and still have a nice life um, on the side. And I think that is that is my that's my that's my goal to have the freedom to do that. To just think, listen, if if I like to do that, if I like to study a little bit more, if I like to do this, um, that's all my options. Uh, if that makes sense, it makes perfect sense. So what you're saying is is that your investments that you're making now are going to allow you to become financially free by the time you yeah. retire. Yeah. And if, I think I think what I did is I started quite late, mm-hmm. um, like we spoke about uh, earlier. But at the same time, I feel like the ball's rolling now. I know what I'm doing. Um, so hopefully, I, I like my goal now is to, to build it from strength to strength and, mm-hmm. and see, how, see how, that, how, that, how that unfolds. But at the same time, um, I like to be as diverse as possible. Why? It's because I'm just a safe guy. That's how I work. Like some some people like to, I don't know, start with building five flats, uh, which is a lot of investment. They have to deal with contractors, etc. So, like some people like to do that. I like to start like build slowly and like have more layers to it. So there is different things going on yeah it's low risk isn't it it's low risk it means that whatever you're investing in today will give you financial gain when you need it because you don't need it at the moment you're in a very privileged position right now with um you know in your your home and and your wife and little one on the way congratulations again by the way amazing news and this is what you're doing now is you're putting foundations in place for the future um is is property investment as popular in the Netherlands like it is here it definitely is um, it definitely is popular but Holland's very uh, what is it the government of Holland is very proactive so if they see something develop they will put they will they will put a stop to that very quickly so like take for example uh, Airbnb Amsterdam um, you know, all of a sudden people realize that you can earn a lot of money with Airbnb in Amsterdam. So for that reason, whole Amsterdam changed into Airbnbs and they want people to live in Amsterdam. That's that, that's what they want. They will still want to be a city where people live and tourists come to and then that makes a nice city. So like they, like I think in, in a lot of countries, uh, England being one of them, they just let that simmer for a couple of years. They let that simmer and they think, oh, you know, and you know and before you know it all of a sudden they say oh the whole of Chelsea is owned by Russian and they never lived there um, for example um, and in Holland they, they are quite they, they're quite fast with those kind of things and um, at the minute the housing market in Holland is absolutely crazy and I mean crazy everyone is paying over the odds I think there was a stat the other day that was there was only one house for sale in Utrecht and Utrecht is a big area let's say it's East Midlands there was only one house for sale for two people with general income so two people together there was only one house that they could afford so that's two times 42,000 a year which brings you to 84,000 a year and there's only one house you can buy for, 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 for that kind of salary. Crazy, wow. crazy, crazy. Where do you think your inspiration has come from with property in the last couple of years? Apart from myself, of course. Uh, I think, yeah, you're one of them. Um, but I think it's self-education, really. If, I, if I'm really honest, I like to dive deep in. I like to, um, I, I always like to develop um so i take you know and i i don't like to sit still like i said earlier i'm not someone that enjoys uh, fifa or or 
and I'm, I'm not good at it either. So for me, my hobby in a way is developing myself, my skills, uh, whether it's, it's studies, investment. I like to like buy into something and, and, and educate myself. So th that's what I like to do. So it just turns from a hobby into, okay, that's interesting. And then it moves on to the next steps. And, and then it's also about, for me, about having people around me that can help me and, and, and tell me more about it. And, and I think because that's how you, at the end of the day, receive knowledge other than from the internet. So yeah, I just like to develop myself. And I think that turns into things like that. With all this investment, in yourself and education um what do you think you're going to do after football not that you're you know too old in the tooth or anything yet no no <laughs> but well, it's difficult there's a lot of things i like but it's it's a difficult one because at one side i would love i would love to be a technical director not necessarily of a football club uh but you know i, I would love to do that kind of kind of thing um i've been in in negotiation rooms and it's, it's right on my street. I think I, I love, like you say, I, I, I love conversation. So yeah, that's something that I would, I would like to do, um, I think. But at the same time, maybe it's going to be a football coach. My brother is a, is, is a very, very talented uh, football coach. He's at a professional team in Holland. And maybe I would like to jump in with him and, you know, learn from him how, how to coach and maybe get the bog that way because I don't I've done my 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 B license and I surprisingly enjoyed it I just did it because I thought you know it'd be good to have uh once again just developing myself um and I actually turned out to enjoy being on the pitch you know like explaining football to to the kids and so there is there's a lot of things I like uh, whatever I fall into I don't quite know yeah but I'm definitely, I'm definitely into that corner. I think I would, I would like to do. So, like, if you talk about probably my my ambition is is to be a technical director after football. Um, but then again, I think after my career, I would probably love to live in Holland again. And I'm not sure if if that's going to be possible, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, pretty well, flexible. Well, whilst you're educating yourself to become a technical director, do you think maybe you could do some uh, some property workshops for us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm expensive guy. Come ask me that questions. <laughs> you did it so well. <laughs> I'm expensive guy. We don't you don't want to go there. <laughs> I love doing things like that. I love to I love to speak in front of groups. Um, yeah, so I, I like I like to think I'm quite I'm I'm quite you know, open-minded if it comes to all sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely, that, that That could be, I could see myself developing in somewhere, something where you're a little bit more, you know, talking to groups, etc. as well. Cal, I've got, honestly, more questions here, but I'm mindful of the time. Yeah, and, and I need to get to the dentist. I, I, I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. Kel, listen, mate, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thanks for just no, being really. so open, honest. Um, I'm trying. I, you've, listen, I know we said it earlier, but we're all rooting behind the boys this season. I really, you know, wish you and the, the lads every success. And um, yeah. Listen, mate, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you in a week. But listen, thanks so much for coming on Talks Walking Property. Yeah, brilliant. Cheers for having me, Lee, mate. Cheers, Top man. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Cheers, bye mate. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You've been listening to Talk Sport and Property. Visit the App Store and download the MPH Sports app today or keep up with us over on Instagram.